Please turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. We are going to continue in our series on faith and patience. And uh, I want to look at a different aspect of patience today. Remember, I advertised it the last time at the end of the last session, said I wasn't going to say anything about it because I'd start preaching. Well, today I get to preach on it, and <laughs> today I get to share something else uh, with you. And uh, it's called uh, Appointed Time and Due Season. Uh, last time it was a battle of the time lapse. This is something else. All right, let's begin in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35. The writer of Hebrews says there, Cast not away therefore your confidence. Now this is referring to your faith. Uh, because it goes on to say, which, which has great recompense of reward. Remember again that this mirrors Hebrews eleven six, which says, but without faith it is impossible to please God. Remember, because whoever comes to God must believe that he is, and also that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Do you remember that? All right, so we come back to this, and remember that follows Hebrews chapter 10, obviously. Uh, that's Hebrews eleven six. So remember again that Hebrews eleven six tells us that there is a reward, and Hebrews 10.35 tells us that this is one of the processes that are required for us to receive that reward when he says, Cast not therefore your, away therefore your confidence, again your faith, which has great recompense of reward. I want you to see the word great there. It didn't just say a reward, but a great recompense of reward. And he says in verse 36, he says, For you have need of patience. I want you to notice he didn't say you should have patience. He said you need patience. You need patience. And notice he says that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. So he is taking into, you know, he is assuming that you're already doing the will of God. Now I need to stop there for a second. Please make sure that you are doing the will of God. Remember 1 John 5 verses 14 and 15 tell us that he only hears those things that are in line with his will. Amen? Don't have time to go over that right now, but I just need you to understand that the writer of Hebrews takes it for granted that you know the will of God, that you've done the will of God. If you haven't done that, then you're not in this category yet. <laughs> okay, you need to go back and figure that out. Hallelujah. But let's say you figured all that out. You're, you're doing really well. Okay, and you get to the place where, you know, it can get frustrating that once you have done the will of God, you expect things to happen straight away. Can I I'll put my hand up? Okay, that's, that's how we are, all right? It's just like, well, we've done everything we know to do. Hurry up, you know, is what our attitude is. You know, like the guy says, God, I want patience and I want it now. You know, one of those things. Okay, so this is the reason why I'm teaching this to you, because you need patience. And the writer of Hebrews says, for you have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Now, you know, I've, I said here before again that this is where most uh, faith failures take place because our, of our unwillingness to persevere. And why Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12 says, we do not want you to become, this is from the NIV by the way, he says, we do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. Hallelujah. Now, Notice again that we do need both faith and patience. I, you know, I taught a series on faith, and that is a tremendous series. And, uh, th you know, that, that's a world in itself, <laughs> okay? And uh, patience comes in the category of supporting forces. There are things that support your faith. And uh, normally I wouldn't mix the two together, but I just needed to do this this time because I feel like we're in a situation, we're in a time where we need to learn about patience, where we need patience in our life right now. Hallelujah, because things, you know, may not be going as quick as you like it to, all right? All right, let's continue on. Uh, <clears throat> I've said here, and I, I just want to repeat a few statements to get us to where we need to get to today. Uh, I've said once we've prayed in faith according to God's will, unless we receive our answer immediately, we will have to contend with either time 
or circumstances, or I said both, all right? Because sometimes it's both time and circumstances we're contending with, and that's where our faith begins to waver. Uh, we looked last time at um, Genesis chapter 12 and 15, and we looked at the life of Abraham, basically. And uh, in, those, in those chapters, and then we finished in chapter 21, remember again that uh, we saw how Abraham had to, had to wait 25 years before he received the promise. The promise was in Genesis chapter 12 and verse 1, uh, when <clears throat> once again God said, uh, you know, to get out of your country, and he said, from your family, from your father's house, to a land which I will show you. And then he said in verse 2, he said, I will make of you, or I will make you a great nation. Remember that? And, you know, it took 25 years before that promise came to pass. Now, <clears throat> in Abraham's case, we, need, we, we, we see that he needed to grow uh, in faith and position himself physically, that is, away from his father's house and all of the things that were going on there, and spiritually, you know, getting to a place where he trusted God, <coughs> excuse me, with all of his heart. All right, no more Ishmael's, you know what I'm trying to say, before he, he could receive the promise. And I think a lot of us fall into that category as well. Can I just say this to you? You know, sometimes we just need to grow up. There, there, you know, sometimes we don't receive what we're asking for because we are, we are just not ready for it. We think we are ready for it. I don't know how many things that I asked God for that I believed that I was ready for. And dear God, I thank God that he did, you know, thank him for not giving it to me because it would have been a disaster. And some people, you know, they, I almost feel like, they're, you know, feel like they're forcing God's, God's hand, but it's not God that brings things about when you push and push and push. There is an enemy out there trying to destroy you as well. And can I say this? He will use good things to destroy you. There's a difference between good things and God things. Good things may, might seem good at the time, but something is wrong with them. Maybe the timing is off or whatever. And what you think you, you want right then may not be the thing that you actually need right then. <laughs> Did you hear what I said? All right. And that's why we need to have faith in God and in his timing and allow him to do things in his time because it will fit and it will work perfectly with our life. If we try to force that, I can tell you, I'll guarantee you right now, it will cause a, a huge problems in your life. It will be to your detriment. I'm just saying that to you right up. <laughs> okay. Uh, you might not want to hear that, but you need to hear that. So they're, they're, that's the reason why you need patience, family. You need to understand if something is off, if something isn't coming when you're asking for it, then you need to understand that there is a time that, you know, you might need to grow. Something might need to happen before that happens. Um, and so much of the time, you know, we, we always, again, we overestimate ourselves. Can I say that? All right, we overestimate ourselves. We overestimate what we're pre pre uh, prepared for, what we're ready for, but God knows I'll let you know this. I'll tell you this with all of my heart. God knows your situation. God knows where you are right now. God knows what you can handle. And if you are asking for something or demanding something and God can see that it's going to cause you pain and, and you know, destroy you somewhere, somehow, he's not going to give it to you because he loves you too much. Amen. Anyway. All right. Moving on. <laughs> Let's go on to uh, another category of patient endurance, and that is, uh, uh, is time-related called, as I said to you before, appointed time or due season, where something takes time. Now listen, not because of anything to do with you, listen, but because it isn't time for it to come to pass. Now, you know, we're going to see an example of this in just a minute in Genesis chapter 37, but I want to read you a scripture in Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 3. 
Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 3. I'm, I'm going to read this from the New Living Translation because it is, it is so clear, all right? And uh, gosh, my mouth and my brain are not connecting still. All right? <laughs> Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 3, it says, These things I plan won't happen right away. Notice God is speaking here and he says, These things I plan won't happen straight away. God has planned it, but it's not going to happen straight away. He says, Slowly, steadily, surely, the time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. If it, it's, if it seems slow, how many of you can put your hand up? Okay, you say, Lord, how come it's taking so long? If it seems slow, I'm giving you a prophetic word now, wait patiently for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. Understand something, in God's time, something will come to pass. It will not be delayed. It will happen. It is a fact that God's timing and our timing aren't always the same. Can I get an amen out there? <laughs> All right? God's timing, listen, is based on what's needed at a certain point in time. While our timing is generally based on our desires at the time. And have you noticed which often change with our moods? You know, one day we want this and we need it and we got to have it. And another day, I don't care about it. I want this. I <laughs> Something else comes into view. And uh, anyway, now we, we see an example of this, uh, of, of disappointed time in the story of Joseph. Remember, he dreamt that everybody bowed down to him. Now, if I was doing a study on Joseph, there are a lot of things that I would bring out, uh, you know, with regard to a lot of things that he didn't do right. And, and, and much, as much as, you know, he was a tremendous uh, uh, man of God, there were a lot of things that, you know, I would have said to Joseph, dude, cool your jets, you know, just hush up. Genesis chapter 37 and verse 2, it says, this is the history of Jacob's family. When Joseph was 17 years old, he often tended his father's flocks uh, with his half-brothers, the sons of his father's wives, Bilhah and Zilpah. Uh, but Joseph reported to his father some of the bad things his brothers were doing. Verse uh, 3, Genesis 37, verse 3. Now Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other children because Joseph had been born to him in his old age. So one day he gave Joseph a special gift, a beautiful robe. This is of many colors. Okay, now we can see some blaring problems here, can't we? All right, you have to be so careful that you are not playing favorites with your children. This is what will happen. You know, you think you're doing them a favor by playing favorites with them, but what you are doing is causing them to end up in a place where everybody else hates them. Be careful that you don't do that. You know, I just, I always know, I remember this about my dad, you know, that he was very careful that both, there was two of us in the family, that both of us got the same thing. And I, you know, I carried that on into our, you know, my family now. And I always make sure that, you know, I, I, I bless both the same. I got two as well, oranges and apples. Okay, one boy, one girl. Uh, but you know, I, I do the same thing because I learned this from him. And it was something that was so important because he made sure that neither of us would envy the other one. Do you hear what I'm saying? Because that then leads to sin, and that's a very bad thing, family. And um, I want you to notice here that this is not what's going on here. I want you to notice that, you know, the father loved one child more than the others. Of course the others are going to resent that, you know, and that's a very bad thing. And this then also generates things in the kid, okay, pride and so on and so forth, that then manifests itself in ways that will cause even further grief for, you know, for them. 
Uh, and I want you to notice it. Let me just keep reading. Uh, it says, but his brothers hated Joseph, of course, because of their father's uh, uh, partiality. They couldn't say a kind word to him. Do you see this? All right, moving on. Verse 5, one night Joseph had a dream and promptly, watch this now, he didn't hold it back at all. Promptly reported the details to his brothers, causing them to hate him even more. The kid didn't know to shut up. Okay, can I just say this? You know, God shares something with you. Can you just be careful who you tell? You know, you need to (laughs) be wise, be wise in who you share things with. All right, because sometimes in doing so, see, let, let me share this with you very quickly. You know, the devil doesn't know what's going on until you open your mouth. Do you know that? Okay, there's sometimes you just need to shut up because you, you let it all out of your mouth and he knows everything that's going on and then he will do everything to try and stop it. Do you hear what I'm saying? Do you know that in Joseph saying what he said, he allowed the devil to know exactly what was going on and then he started plotting against God's plan. You all know that the devil and God are on opposite sides. Do you know the devil is darkness? you know the, that God is light? Do you know that there has been this thing going on forever? <laughs> okay? Ever since the devil fell, you know, darkness and light have been at war. Okay? Of course, light wins every single time. But, you know, darkness is subtle and it's deceptive and it will, you know, kind of just uh, slither its way into your life and cause all sorts of problems in your life. And I'm getting off the subject. So let me get back to this. I want you to understand something that as soon as you open your mouth, you let the devil know exactly where you're at. You let the devil know exactly what God's trying to do, and you give him enough to work with to try and destroy, you know, whatever purpose God has, you know, God's plan is. Of course, God will always come through. Of course, you know, at the appointed time, things will always happen, but they may not happen the way they should have happened. You know, you might have to go through a lot of bad things because you didn't know to close your mouth, okay? So let me give you that, and I I love Joseph. I'm going to hug him when I see him in heaven, okay? But I will tell him, dude, you need to learn to keep your mouth closed. All right, (laughs) getting back to this. Hallelujah. So again, it says that one night Joseph had a dream. I'm going back to this verse, all right, just to connect everything. Uh, Had a dream and promptly reported the details to his brothers, causing them to hate him even more. Verse 6, listen to this dream, he announced. Can you see this? Can you hear this? Verse 7, we we were out in the field uh, tying up the bundles of grain, and my bundle stood up, and then your bundles gathered together or or gathered around and bowed low before it. (laughs) Who would want to want to strangle that? Okay, moving on, verse 8. So, so you, you are going to be our king, are you? His brothers taunted. And they hated him all the more for his dream and what he had said. Verse 9. Now, let me stop here for a second. Don't tell me that this was God's perfect will for Joseph. You know, some people can take stuff like this and they'll say, see the end and see because Joseph said, oh, it was, up, it was God's will that you do all this stuff to me. Listen, if that was the case, then God shouldn't judge any of them for anything wrong that they did. Because after all, they were doing it after, you know, in God's will. You know, everything is recorded correctly in the Bible, but not everything recorded is correct. Did you get that? Do you understand? All right. They write down everything word for word. Whether it's right or wrong, they will write it down that the person said. Don't make doctrines out of what somebody, something somebody said thinking that that was exactly what God's plan was. Joseph says that it was God's plan that all this happened. But can I say this? It wasn't God, God's plan for him to go blab his mouth off to everybody and get everybody off, off side with him. Uh, but let, let me just continue on. All right. The thing is that it's all written down so that we can learn from other people's mistakes and not make the same mistakes in our life. 
Amen. And I'm moving on because I know somebody's getting mad because, bless God, they love Joseph. And Anyway, okay, let's, let's just keep going. <laughs> okay, all right. So uh, verse 9, and it says, Then Joseph had another dream and told his brothers about it. See, did he, did he, did he not get it that they didn't like it that when he shared stuff like this? All right. And he says, listen to this. Listen to this dream, he said. The sun, moon, and 11 stars bowed low before me. This time he told his father, uh, as well as his brothers, and his father rebuked him. See, now his father's getting a little annoyed. Well, hang on a second, dude. Aren't you the one that loved him more than everybody else? Didn't you start this ball rolling? Be careful. Okay, don't do I'm, I'm teaching two lessons now, all right? Just be careful. You're in a family. You make sure that you love everybody equally. God so loved the world equally that he gave his only begotten son. He didn't love a few more than others, and we are to do the same thing. Amen. Follow his example. Moving on. So, <laughs> so again, it says here, his uh, father asked, and let me reread verse 10 again. Others, you all, I'm in the middle. Okay, so it says, this time he told his father as well as his brothers, and his father rebuked him. What do you mean, his father asked, will your mother, your brothers, and I actually come and bow before you? <laughs> now the father's getting upset. All right, I can see the brother's going, see, this is what we're talking about, <laughs> okay? But while his brothers were jealous of Joseph, his father gave it some thought and wondered what it all meant. At least the father had the, 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 the sense to go pray about it, so to speak, okay? All right. Now, I want to go through this very quickly because I, I want to show you the aspect of patience here, all right, not, like I said, deal with the life of Joseph as such. So following this, we know that his brothers tried to kill him, remember that, <laughs> okay? This thing just got worse and worse and worse. All right, but then decided to sell him into slavery instead. And uh, very quickly, this is the history of Joseph. Okay, Joseph is then purchased by Potiphar and became a favorite of his because he caused Potiphar to prosper in all of his business dealings. That's in Genesis chapter 39 and verse 4. But sadly, sometime later, Joseph is falsely accused by Potiphar's uh, mistress of misconduct. Let me call it that. Okay, and cast into prison. She kind of took out a restraining order on him. You know what I'm trying to say? Okay, all on lies. Okay, he didn't do anything wrong. And while in, in prison, remember Joseph meets the chief cupbearer and uh, baker of Pharaoh and interprets their dream. Now, I want you to get something here. Again, I want to just quickly go through this, but I want you to notice that as much as the devil tried to derail God's plan, I want you to notice how God does something miraculous and brings somebody across his path. This is something that God does, and you need to understand something, family. This is where you need to allow God to be God. There are things that, you know, sometimes we are not, uh, as, let me rephrase it. Sometimes we mess things up. Okay, And we think, oh, how is God ever going to fix this? I made a huge mess of it. I, I can't see how anything can be fixed. And I want you to understand, and this is the, really this is the lesson I want, you to take, I want you to take away from this as well, is that no matter how badly you might mess things up, it may push things back, it might cause things to be delayed, but I want you to understand that if you trust God, if you have faith in God, He will get it to you. Amen? And you just need to just, that's the reason why you need to have patience. Faith and patience. Just believe that regardless of how much you messed up, just believe, have faith in God. Just believe that He is bigger than any of your mistakes. That what Jesus Christ did on the cross was more than enough. And that God will come through and He will find a way to get to you the things that He planned for you, destined for you to have. Amen? Is that good news? Hallelujah. And that's what we're really seeing in Joseph's life here. The way that God just puts people across His path. And, you know, so, so in prison, I mean, who, how, how are you going to... 
going to send your resume out. How are you ever going to get out of a situation like this? You're in prison, okay? So what God does is, see, this is why sometimes when I'm praying for people, I, I don't pray for them to go find something. I pray that it finds them. Amen. Because, you know, sometimes we go looking and we look in the wrong, pra- wrong places. Sometimes, we, you know, we need to just wait, stand still and know that he is God and allow him to bring things to you. Hallelujah. Now, once it does, don't just stand there and do nothing after that. Then start moving, okay? But, you know, there is, and I'm not talking about being lazy. I'm talking about being still. I'm talking about having faith in God. Hallelujah. Now, listen, if God tells you to go out and do something, then by all means do that. But if he's not telling you to do something, don't be one of those people that, well, then you know what? God helps those who help themselves and then they often help themselves and get it all wrong. And then they have, you know, miss out on another five years waiting on, you know, God's waiting on them to get back into the right place before he can bless them again. So don't, you know, don't fall in that category. Anyway, <laughs> let, let me just continue on. So well, I said here again, while in prison, remember again that Joseph meets the cupbearer and the baker of, of Pharaoh and interprets their dreams. And when Pharaoh has a dream that no one can interpret, the cupbearer, remember the baker gets his head locked on. <laughs> anyway, that's a sad situation there. But the cupbearer gets restored back to his position and Joseph tells him, please remember me, you know, when, when you are restored. And uh, he forgets, he forgets. All right. And so <laughs> anyway, um, uh, but when Pharaoh has this dream and he can't interpret it and he has a problem with it, the cupbearer remembers. See how God, see how God's working in this. Okay, so the cupbearer forgets, and that may happen to you as well. People that you know promise, oh, thank you for helping me. I won't forget you, and then they forget you. And you're thinking, gee, thanks, God. (laughs) Hey, listen, have faith in God. When the time comes, he'll he'll remind them. They might have forgotten, but there's a God who will help them remember. Hallelujah. They will remember you. Praise God. So anyway, (laughs) so many lessons to be learned, so little time. Anyway, (laughs) let's go on. And again, when, when Pharaoh has this dream... This cupbearer remembers Joseph. And so Joseph is taken out of prison because Pharaoh says, bring him to me right now. And so he's brought out of prison and brought before Pharaoh. And of course, he successfully interprets a dream. Remember, the dream was to do with seven years of abundance and prosperity, followed by seven years of uh, famine. And, uh, you know, (laughs) uh, Joseph then says, so, uh, you know, uh, Joseph says to Pharaoh, listen, you need to set somebody and put somebody in charge that will take care of everything so that there's, you know, that you store up food in these first seven years so that there's enough food for those seven years that are going to follow that are, that's going to be in famine. And uh, so that was very clever, <laughs> you know? Uh, and so, and, oh, okay, there's another lesson here. Listen to me. Sometimes God will bless you with things, not so that you can eat it all up now, and then when you've got trouble, you have nothing. Listen, you know, we always check with God whenever we get anything, what are we meant to do with this? And I'm always asking God whenever we receive, you know, uh, blessing from people, I'm always asking God, how much do, do we get to spend? How much do we put aside? Whatever. You know, it's all His money. Do you know it's His money? Okay, and so we, I, I'm always checking with him and you know this is what God is doing he will let you know there's coming a time when something is going to happen you know I knew this thing virus thing was going to come I didn't know it was a virus I didn't know all of this was going to happen but God spoke to me months before and said you need to start to like Joseph right exactly like what's happening here he started to talk to me about it and you know and praise God I listened to him and so when it happened I wasn't taken by surprise I wasn't wringing my hands and going oh God what do we do I knew I just I just felt like, okay, we need to, you know, uh, kind of think differently and be prepared for something and, you know, pray and do all the things that we need to do so that we are in that place where we are.
are exercising our faith and we're believing God and, you know, not suddenly having to do it, but we've sort of grown into that and so that we can continue receiving from God the things that we need to receive even in a time of quote-unquote famine. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? All right, so anyway, getting back to this. All right, so <laughs> we find that, you know, Joseph says, listen, Pharaoh, you need to find somebody who will look after all of this. And let me read in the next few verses, because I need to read this out. It is so well put. I'm in Genesis 41 now and verse 37. And so Joseph's suggestions were well received by Pharaoh and his advisors. They listened to what Joseph said and said, this guy's smart. All right. All right. Verse 38, as they discussed who would be appointed for the job, Pharaoh said, watch, this is God's favor, okay? Pharaoh said, who could do it better than Joseph? For he is a man who is obviously filled with the Spirit of God. Isn't that beautiful? Hallelujah. And verse 39, turning to Joseph, Pharaoh said, since God has revealed the meaning of the dreams to you, you are the wisest man in the land. Hallelujah. See, after all of his mistakes, after shooting his mouth off and everything else, Joseph learned his lesson. And Joseph, I want you to notice what is conspicuous by its absence in this story. Joseph didn't say, now I've interpreted this dream. He would have before, okay? He would have said, now you should place me in, in this position of authority because I know better. I had a dream. <laughs> okay, all right. No, he didn't do any of that stuff. He learned to shut up. Okay, can you see this? All right, and he just says, look, you need to find somebody. Didn't mention himself. He just backed off, and he, he, he had learned humility. Amen, amen. Anyway, and so see what happens when you let God promote you. Before he was promoting himself, now he's letting God do his thing. All right, and so he backs off, and, but see what happens, all right? <laughs> Pharaoh says, since God has revealed, I'm in verse uh, 39, Genesis 41, 39. Since God has revealed the meaning of the dreams to you, you are the wisest man in the land. Verse 40, I hereby appoint you to direct this project. You will manage my household and organize all my people. Can you believe this? He says, only I, listen, listen. He says, only I will have a rank higher than yours. Ooh, wow. He's second only to Pharaoh now. Whew. You see, the dream is starting to come true. Hallelujah. All right. And where are we? Uh, oh, verse 41. <laughs> Listen to this. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the entire land of Egypt. Wow. Verse 42. Then Pharaoh placed his own signet ring on Joseph's finger as a symbol of his authority. He dressed him in beautiful clothing, placed the royal gold chain about his neck. Listen. And Pharaoh also gave Joseph, I'm in verse 43 now, the chariot of his second in command. And wherever he went, listen, the command was shouted, kneel down. So Joseph was put in charge of all Egypt. Notice, remember his, his, uh, his dream that people would be bowing down to him? His brothers, everybody. And notice, that, notice what has happened now. Wherever he goes, the, the person stands there and says, kneel. And they all kind of bow, <laughs> okay? So the dream is coming to pass. But I want you to know this, that he didn't make it come to pass now. He let go of it. He said, Pharaoh, you do whatever you think is right. And then allowed God then to move on the heart of Pharaoh. Pharaoh did all of this according now to God's will. And God's will is now unfolding. Hallelujah. 
And of course, we know that the time came where the famine was felt by Joseph's family in Canaan. And Jacob sends his sons to Egypt to get food. And it says in Genesis chapter 42, verses four, uh, 5 and 6, uh, I just want to stop here. I just want to give you this before we quit because <laughs> where did the time go? Uh, <laughs> uh, Genesis 42, verse 5. So Jacob's sons arrived in Egypt along with the others to buy food. Uh, for the famine had reached Canaan as well. Verse 46, since jo Joseph was governor of all Egypt and in charge of the sale of the grain, it was to him that his brothers came. They bowed low before him with their faces to the ground. Do you know this was almost 15 years later? 15 years from the time that he had a dream till this happened. This was God's appointed time. And it couldn't happen any sooner. I want you to understand that the famine wasn't there back then. It was going to be now at this point. Do you understand? Now, I want to finish with Psalm 1 and verse 3. I've got so much more here. Uh, oh, dear Lord. Every, everything I'm looking at, I'm thinking, but I, I want to say that and I want to share that. But let me finish in Psalm 1 and verse 3. Uh, and uh, you may have never seen this verse in this manner or in this light. It, you know, because it says it so well. It says he, uh, um, talking about people that are meditating God's word, people that are following God. He says he or she, talking about you and me again, shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that, listen to this, that brings forth its fruit in its season. In its season. Whose leaf shall also not wither, and whatever he or she does shall prosper. I want you to know that, that you bring, you bring forth fruit in your season, in the season that God has uh, prepared, or God has appointed, okay? That appointed time, that's your season. And you need to understand that there is a season for every, in fact, you know, one more verse, all right? Ecclesiastes, I told you, I, I just want to preach all of this. Ecclesiastes 3 and verse 1, from the New King James Version, it says, To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. For everything, to everything there is a season. Hallelujah. If you learn about this family, if you get a, a revelation of this, then I tell you something, you will have no problems having patience and no problem having, you know, waiting on something because you'll understand the season needs to come. And when the season comes, hallelujah. If you're in faith, it, you know, the windows of heaven will open and things will just get poured out into your life. Hallelujah. Praise God. But there is a time, there is a season. Hallelujah. There is God's time, and that is when things will come to pass if you continue to believe. Amen? Through faith and patience, we will receive the promise, the blessings of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you today for your word, and I thank you, Father, that people receive this revelation. I thank you, Lord, that they begin to understand the power of patience, the importance of patience, and, Father, that their faith needs patience in order to bring about the promises of God in their life. I just pray for every individual out there right now that might be struggling in this area, and I just thank you, Father, that you help them with this, that you give them a revelation, that you show them something, Father, that helps them to stand strong and stand firm and not allow the enemy to come in there and mess everything up that God is trying to do. I thank you, Lord, that we know that you are not a man that you should lie. Father, that you watch over your word to perform it. And all we need to do is be faithful. Just believe in you. 
have faith in God and allow all the things, all the rewards, all the blessings, time to come to pass in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.